Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Nicole Lukic. Nicole, where are you at and what are you up to? Hey, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm the Sporting Director and Head Coach of Minnesota Aurora FC. Currently just finished our fifth game of the USLW League last night. And I'm currently outside, just loving life and soaking up the sun here in Minnesota. What are some of the aspirations that you have for the the team this season? I would say myself and the team share really high aspirations um, as individuals and as a team. We have set really big goals. Um, we were in the USL Championship last year. We'd like to get back there. Um, that starts with winning our division, the Heartland Division. Um, right now we're 5-0, and oh, so we're off to a good start. Um, we certainly have things that we need to continue to, to work on and raise our standards to be able to, to get there. Um, but for five games in, 30 days in, we're in a good place. Um, but we know it's going to be a lot harder this year than it was last year, just based on the league itself has grown um, from 40-some teams to 60-some teams. Uh, two brand new divisions on the West Coast, which is obviously a good soccer market out there. So um, big, big aspirations, big goals, 30 days in, looking forward to the next 30 days and what comes next. What are the things that you can put, you put in place to try to continue to raise the bar and make those kind of goals that you've set? Because it's such a short season, um, and a large off season, it felt like an eternity uh, between the two seasons. It's like 300 days, something crazy like that. Um, myself and our first assistant, Jenny Clark, we really put a lot of time and energy and effort into our recruiting process and making sure that we're bringing in the right players for our environment. Um, we are a pre-professional team, but we are really doing our best to have professional standards. Um, so finding players who want that environment, who want to be challenged like that and really, you know, commit themselves to, to being good footballers every day in and out instead of just, you know, there's, there's so many teams and so many opportunities in the summer where if you just want to play soccer twice a week um, and chill on the beach the rest of the week because it's your college off season, like that's fine and that's great, but that's not us. So there's definitely a lot of work that goes into finding the right player for our environment, where when we finally get together, uh, we can thrive as quickly as we want. Where did, where did soccer begin for Nicole? Like when did, were you playing as a youth? Where, where did this whole like kind of journey of soccer begin? <laughs> I started playing soccer probably later than most. Um, I started in third grade. When I was at U U ten. I played one year of recreational soccer for for the Dolphins. Uh, it was my least unsuccessful team I've ever been on. I think we were zero wins and well, I think maybe one win by default because the other team forfeited. Um, so a really interesting start to soccer. I actually played goalkeeper too, which is funny now if you see me. I'm I'm five two. Um, but from recreational, somehow somebody put me on, you know, a competitive B team, made it as a goalkeeper, eventually became 
uh, a pretty good attacking player, played Division I uh, college soccer for the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, um, kind of had long-term nagging injuries, compartment syndrome, which started my coaching career because I knew my playing career just it was going to come to an end because of that, like the bad nagging injury, um, which hard to come to terms with at the time, but now super grateful that it allowed me to, to get into coaching at a, a much younger age than probably if I would have continued playing. Um, and I think I was just so fortunate to have so many good coaches in my life growing up that I did see that as like a profession and something that I could do. Um, so yeah, now I'm here. What were those experiences like as you were growing up in terms of the experience of being a goalkeeper and just kind of like learning as you go? What were some of the things you think about back then that stand out to you? Good question. Um, I mean, I can still remember these funny, crazy little activities that like I'd go to these goalkeeping clinics and we're like diving around and just, you know, doing funny things as a 10 year old, but that's, why you fall in love with the sport because you're having such a good time um, and I think that's really a foundation of what we try to do at Aurora is make it an enjoyable experience for our players um, which it's a balance right you want to be a well-oiled machine and win 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 but you can't lose sight of the fact that you the number one goal is always the, the player experience um, because at the end of the day, if you don't have that, then, then why are you doing this? If we can do that and win a championship, um, that would be great. And that, that's what we're seeking. When was it during high school that you kind of figured out like, Hey, I might be pretty good and capable of playing at the college level. Um, good question. I don't know. I think I definitely U14, U15 was when I started recognizing I was definitely like a next level player and um, it's all I wanted to spend my time on. I didn't, like I was never super into school. I, I got good grades and good enough grades to have people leave me alone about my grades, but any free time I had, I always wanted to have a soccer ball at my foot. Um, and I grew up in the Milwaukee area, which I was surrounded by so many other young women like myself that I was just, you know, lucky to, to be pushed every day. I had really good teammates, um, a lot of older players around me that went Division One. So I just, I always thought like that was a super realistic goal. And I just, I spent a lot of time on my own training outside of team training, um, which I think is important for players that, that want to, get to those next levels. When you look back at the time at Wisconsin-Milwaukee, what, what are some of the things that stand out about that experience? Um, winning, for sure. We won a lot of games. Um, we won our, our conference, I think, all four years that I was there. I'm fortunate to be in the same high school environment, too, which I don't think a lot of people can say. Like, We won our conference all four years I was there, so I think I'm very fortunate to come from a lot of programs that have a tradition of winning. So I've seen like what coaches do to build those cultures and traditions of winning. Um, so that's what 
and just you know good teammates out of everything in soccer like you're grateful for the relationships that come through the sport I was going to say what was it about the high school experience and the college what made those such successful programs in your eyes Um, I think it, you know, it comes down to just like the players are recruiting for Minnesota Aurora. Everybody wanted to be their best all the time. Um, and, you know, when you don't have to spend time talking about baseline and things like work effort and giving your all, like those are baseline things. We don't need to talk about that. We can spend time on fine tuning um, how we're going to win the game tactically. Um, when you're surrounded by a group of people that love soccer just as much as you do, like the next level things just come easier because it's fun and it's not work and you want to be there. Have you, I just get this vibe that you're a super competitive person. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned earlier, like my first experience playing soccer and I think we were like one and whatever, and you've been a brown <laughs> success and you're like building a really successful you know, group there at Aurora, where did that competitive side come from? Is that just something you've always been as like your parents kind of instilled that in you? Where, where did that come from? Yeah, my parents play competitive sports too. Um, so I think it's definitely from my family. Um, actually, I would say like a lot of it came from um, when I was younger, I had arthritis in my wrist. My wrist like literally didn't move. They were stuck like this which is also a funny story about why I started playing goalkeeper because people told me not to. Um, <laughs> but I had to go in for physical therapy like two to three times a week and just make little baby goals of like bending my wrist a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, and that started at like age five or six. So I think that really set me off to be like a goal-driven person and just like taking baby steps every day to get there. Um but I don't know. I just like winning and striving to be the best. And even if you're not winning, like finding the little things you did right, because success is not always going to be like uphill. There's going to be days where you take the little downhill that people don't see, um, which actually can maybe be related to our game last night. But yeah, I'm competitive for sure. And I think people in these environments, they all are and that's why we enjoy playing sports you talk about the the wrist you've talked about earlier having like the, the injuries with the that pro like cut your playing days off and you talked about some of the dips that you sometimes deal with how did those going through like the wrist and dealing with the injuries how's that helped you become a better coach as you at this point it's definitely made me more um in tune with player emotions and things that people go through. Like if I had a perfect career and never faced adversity, I think I'd be less in tune with maybe like player thoughts and what they might be experiencing internally. Like I can sympathize with players pretty well. I think when maybe they're not having their best game or they're frustrated because they had a great two opening weeks. Uh, like preseason weeks with us and then they took a hamstring injury and they had to sit out for three games and now they're coming off the bench and they feel rusty like I can sympathize with that like that's frustrating um, so I think being able to have conversations with players that 
it just makes our environment more open and honest and um, helps us be on the same page at the end of the day. You mentioned too, the injury was kind of that decision. You said it was difficult to say, Hey, I'm going to go into coaching. How, how did you get into coaching? You're playing it, you know, at uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. And then like, what's the next step for you? Yeah, actually one of my um, high school coaches took a job at a high school right next to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. And so the girls high school season is in the spring, which is kind of a more relaxed division one season than the fall. Um, so he asked me to come be a varsity assistant coach at the high school that was not far from Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Um, that was really my first paid coaching job. So to be able to see a coach that I had now kind of what he's doing behind the scenes and everything that goes into coaching that really intrigued me. Um, I would say there was never, there's never a time like in my college career where I officially admitted to myself that my career was over um, and probably until probably my senior year, which once I did that, like I was a much happier player in person. I just like came to peace with it. But um, looking, it's easy to look back on it now and, and recognize that. But I am I'm definitely grateful that I've, I was able to have a lot of coaching experiences at a, at a younger age that have set me up to be where I am today. You talk about the mood, being a player once with a coach to now coaching beside him. What was that dynamic like to now almost be on a similar level as before your coach was your coach coach? It was cool. Um, that actually happened with a couple of different coaches that I had and um, just super grateful that they, you know, didn't take hesitate to, to let me in and just kind of, treated me like I was a coach probably more than I, I really was at that point. Um, and to just be like open and honest and, and sharing their ins and outs and what makes them successful. I've, I've definitely learned a lot from, from other coaches up until this point. And I think every day I'm always looking to, to take things away from other people. Like I'm still in the youth game. So I'm always out on the fields, just watching other people and, and what they're up to and, and seeing what I can take from others. So then what's the next step as you're going along this, your coaching journey, uh, once you get done with being at that varsity level? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I'm in a season right now, so I'm really into what we're doing and I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, but I think I have a lot of, a lot of skills too that go beyond coaching. Um, like I have that sporting director title and I really like that side of the sports world too, um, which I, I definitely don't think every coach loves administrative stuff, but I do because I find it a way to, to make it competitive with myself and, and being the best um, in that sense of things too. And I think I have good organization and communication skills. So I don't know. Um, I'm enjoying coaching and what I'm doing right now, but who knows? I guess we'll find out someday. So then how is it that you come about ending up at Minnesota Aurora? Good question. Um, I was in a smaller market called Lacrosse, Wisconsin for seven years, um, coaching collegiately and running a youth club. And 
I knew that I kind of did everything I could there and I was just ready for a change. Um, and I wanted to get back to a bigger market because I was just ready for a bigger change like that and being back in a place like Milwaukee or Chicago or something like that. So I started just thinking about not only what would be a good fit for me professionally, but what market might be a good fit for my family um, at the current time. So Twin Cities area seemed intriguing to me. Um, fortunate enough to get a new youth job with Twin Cities Rush is where I'm at right now. Um, once I got up here, I saw the post for the Minnesota Roar job. And I was like, this has my name all over it. It's building things. It's a higher level women's team. Um, it's a, a club that really wants to empower women. So I applied and here I am. You mentioned earlier when you were playing, being surrounded by like quality teammates and coaches and all that, and just like, you know, being surrounded by other women that were positive role models. And now you're a part of Minnesota, which is also really high on just developing high quality females. How important is that kind of environment for you? And then even for you as a role model for your players, even at the youth level, um, each and every day when you're putting in the work? Yeah, I actually didn't know how important it was until I've now been here and I've just found it just so refreshing. It's just it's just really different. And I've never actually worked with a female all female staff before. Um, sometimes when you're you're out there you forget that, you know, there are others just like you. Um, because I was in this point in time where I was working with a lot of men, which is totally fine because you know, they're great too. And I've had so many, I've definitely had more male mentors and role models than, than women, but uh, Minnesota Aurora has just been a breath of fresh air that, hey, my assistants are just like me. They have goals and dreams just like I do. And that's just been nice and just kind of a nice surprise that I didn't know I, I needed in my life. But now I really enjoy working with Jenny, Jen and Cassie on a daily basis. Um, and it's something I'm, I'm super grateful for, not only their professional um, relationship that we have, but um, just a friendship, too. You mentioned the decision to move and taking family into consideration. How important has that piece of the puzzle been for you as a coach, as like that support and someone that even when you made this decision, I'm sure you had to have some conversations as to is this the right move for us? Yeah, I think that's always, you know, one of the more difficult pieces of coaching because um, at times you have to move around and you're not just, if you're, if you're in a family, it's not just you that you're making decisions for. Um, and my husband has been really supportive of my career and I'm very appreciative to the sacrifices that he's made to, to support me. Um, so just grateful to have him and um my parents too they're you know my my younger sister plays soccer too and i think when we stopped playing they're like oh what do we do on our weekends now type of thing and you know they still come up and they're they're in the stands uh for aurora games when they can be and um 
you know, they've had other parents ask them, oh, like, who's your daughter out there? Like, who's, who, who's your daughter on the team? They'll be like, Nicole. And then they'll come back and be like, who's Nicole? <laughs> oh, yeah, she's the coach. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, no, I think, you know, in coaching, um, having a really supportive network, whether it's spouses, family, coaching friends, um, it's really important because, at times it can be a thankless job and just a job that never ends. Like I always kind of joke that soccer never sleeps for some reason. Um, so it's important to have a good network of people. And I have that in family and mentors. What does Nicole do to get away from soccer? Is there ever a time that your brain kind of turns off and then you're not um, focus on that? Like, what are some things that you do to maybe find balance if there is such a thing? I have a hard time of, of turning off my brain. Um, but when I try to, I really just enjoy being outside, being in nature. Um, I enjoy leaving Minnesota winters and trying to go somewhere else <laughs> um, to reset uh, during the winter months. Um I don't have a dog right now, but usually we do have a dog. And so um, that's, you know, we're looking to bring a dog back into our family. So after the season, I'm looking forward to to that. Um, and just when there is off time, trying to make as much time as I can for family, because back to that whole conversation, like soccer really never sleeps it's holidays it's nights it's weekends and so when you do get the time i think it's important that you you make the time and you you choose it to spend it wisely with the people that are most important in your life what are the experiences like of you're working with your youth club and doing that and then you walk into minnesota aurora what are the kind of maybe the similarities of dealing with those two and what are some of the differences between maybe dealing with your, whatever it could be your youth group and, you know, your, prof pro, you know, pre-professional group? There's definitely a lot of similarities. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, soccer, soccer, right. And we're all trying to get better at it. Uh, right now in the youth space, I'm spending a lot of time with coaches and trying to help coaches get to where they want to be. Um, and that's something I've really enjoyed this year is just, you know, what do you want to be better at? How can I help you type of thing? Um, I also recently started scouting with U.S. soccer. So from a personal level, like that's been new. And I think new experiences are good and just it's a different way to look at the game. Um, so I've enjoyed that. Um, I think overall just something that's been keeping me on my toes because I've had multiple roles for maybe a decade now in, in soccer is just being adaptable to the environment you're in and recognizing what players and coaches need from you based on the environment you're in. What my assistants need for me at Aurora is going to be much different than what the U10 boys coach um, at my youth club needs for me. Um, there could be some similarities, like they probably both need really good communication from me, um, but they're at different points in, in their careers and what they want out of soccer. So I think it's just adapting. I, I do my best to try to adapt to the environments I, I'm in, um, which keeps me on my toes. And 
helps build a, a larger skill set, which is something that I think is a good thing. Has doing multiple things and having a lot going on, has that been, is that kind of Nicole in a nutshell? Like always, if there's, if I'm done with that, I've got something else to pick up on um, to keep me busy. Yeah, it has been. Um, and I think it's something that at some point, a narrow, narrower focus uh, will probably come into the view but for now I've enjoyed growing all different parts of my skill set um, and that's been a strength and something I've been grateful for because I think it just makes me a better person and a, a better coach a better administrator a better director at the end of the day and how important is that of pouring not just into like coaching players but now you're helping coaches like why is that something that you feel drawn to do um like just kind of the why behind like why pour into other coaches to help them i think it goes back to that i've felt so fortunate that so many coaches have poured their knowledge into me that i want to make sure i'm giving that back um i certainly don't have all the answers and all the soccer secret sauce out there in the world, but I do have things to share. And if people want to listen, I'm, I'm more than happy to share and invest back into other people because so I feel so many people have invested into me and that's the least I could do. When you say sporting director and you talked about being organized and like, what's the, what's the day in the life of a sporting director? What does that even like entail in terms of roles and responsibilities? That's a good question. One I've been asked a lot this year. <laughs> um, there's no, I have like no direct answer other than I'm doing my best to build out the soccer side of Aurora, not just the team that's winning games right now, but things that we hope to put into place in the future um, without alluding to too much, but anything that could to make us be a better soccer team, a better soccer club. Um, I'm doing my best to get ahead of it and make us more than what we are right now. Because I have a, a passion that I, I want to make Minnesota Aurora the best it can be. And I think we have a great front office, a great fan base. Um, we have such a great foundation here now that I think the sky's the limit for us. And, um, I'm doing a lot behind the scenes to hopefully bring it out and whether that's in the next year or the next couple of years, we'll see. One of the other things you mentioned was having a short season and then having a lot of off season. What, what do you do during the off season beyond just maybe the director stuff? Are you connecting with players? Like what does your kind of your off season look like um, at your level? I spent a lot of time this past season um, keeping in touch with with players um, and really investing in them, whether that was watching their collegiate games or just picking up the phone, asking them how they're doing as a person, because I think that definitely helps build chemistry when you finally get into this short season. Um, and I'm just genuinely interested in them as people, too. Um you know, it took us a while to figure out who was coming back, who wasn't, because I think the beauty of Aurora is that 
everybody after the 2020 season wanted to stay involved, but, you know, having some difficult conversations of, is this realistic? Like, I know this sounds great in August, September of 2022 that you are on board to come back in May of 2023, but is that, going to be realistic for you with where you are in life um and so once we figured out those conversations then vetting just a ton of people of okay who are we going to commit to bringing on for new players in 2023 um and we really took our time with that and making sure that not only were they good players but they were good people because like i mentioned before the season is so short um that you want to make sure you're bringing in the right people that gel as a group and have like the same aspirations and goals because it just makes things easier in the day-to-day grind once you get into that season. Um, I also spent a lot of time out in the community as much as I could, um, whether it was like making appearances, you know, going to the university and, and doing a talk with uh, sports classes um, some of the universities held like a local game to like represent our season. A lot of the professional sports um, had us out to recognize our 2022 season, which was really nice. So, you know, our athletes in the off season are busy. Most of them are back in colleges, um, focusing on their college season and stuff like that. So I really felt the weight of, okay, they're all gone. So I have to have my face continue to be out there to make sure people don't forget about us in that the off season because it's so long. Um, so those are some of the things I was focusing on. What is that experience of like you talked about building a roster, but that also means sometimes you have to trim the roster. How difficult is it? Cause you love to pour into people and make you better. How difficult is it when you do have to have that conversation of maybe this isn't the right fit? Um, well, I mean, this might surprise people, but I was just so grateful to the 2022 players because we, you know, at that time we, we didn't have a name when they committed. We didn't have a stadium. We didn't have sellout crowds. But they were all able to see the vision before it was really a thing. Um, so I welcomed anybody who wanted a spot in 2023 from the 2022 roster. I welcomed everybody back. But I gave them a deadline of you got to let me know. Um, because I knew they had the mindset and their hearts were in the right place. And they were successful for us. Uh, so I knew they could be again. But it was more of those, where are you at in your life? Um, like I think of one player who was about to finish nursing school, like, are you going to make this work is, or is this going to be a burden for you at the end of the day? Like what's best for you as a person? I know this was the, the best soccer experience that you tell me it's the best soccer experience that you've ever had. And it's hard to walk away from that, but is this what's best for you right now? So. I think it was just like encouraging like reflection and helping people get there if it wasn't because I think it's hard to walk away from something that felt so good. Um, but I, I always lead with honesty. I try to, and um, I think people appreciate that. You mentioned coaching at the college level in lacrosse. 
what was that experience like? Like, what was the program like when you took it over? What were some of the things that you had to kind of put in place to kind of grow it uh, while you were there? Yeah, so I worked with Jason Murphy. Uh, he's the head coach of Wisconsin lacrosse. Um, I was his assistant. Um, it was bottom of a conference group uh, when we got there. And by the time we left, well, he's still there. By the time I left, and he's still killing it. Um, it was, uh, and it still is, a team that's making NCAA appearances on a regular basis. Um, so I learned a lot from him and enjoyed working with him again fortunate to work with people who are driven to build things the right way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I learned a lot from that experience. And I also, I think it made me a better youth coach because I, I had no prior experience with a division three program and really didn't know what that was like. I just knew like in my head as a 16 year old player, it was division one or bust. Um, so to go back and like be in an experience where it's like, okay, this is still competitive and there's a, there's a good place here for players that can't make it to that next level. Like that certainly made me a better youth coach and mentor to be like, Hey, this is still a good option. This is a good fit for you. Like go down this path. Like there's no embarrassment to, to not playing division one. That's, that's no longer the right mentality in, in my uh, head because Division two, three, NAIA, JUCO, like they all have their place. Um, and you just got to find the right place for you. So I think that's definitely made me a, a better coach, having a good experience at a quality Division three program. You talked about that coach. He's still, as you said, killing it. Um, what about his coaching? How is he able to have been there for an extended period of time? You don't see that a whole lot at the college level. It's kind of a revolving door sometimes. What has he done that's given him that sustainability? Jason is a person I think that really leads by um, investing in, in the individuals and he takes the time to really care about the people, not just the player. Um, I think that's really gone a long way for him. Um, and I think that's that's why people want to play for him because he's good. He's very good at the recruiting process of letting that be known as his strengths that he cares and he go, he goes out of his way to to have open door conversations with his players. The other thing that's kind of popped in my head is you've kind of stayed in that upper Midwest area. Has there ever been part of you that's like, man, I wonder what it'd be like to live in the South? Or you talk about California now has some teams out there that are part of the league. Um, is there ever part of you that wonders, like, what's soccer like in another part of the States? Um, yeah, I think I've done a lot of traveling, so I have a good idea. Um, as a player and a coach, I've definitely had a lot of experiences. Um coaching in different areas and against people or playing with people from different areas. I personally love the West Coast, so if I did ever move, if I convinced my husband to move, um, that's where I would look because I just, I, I love the outdoors and I think that the vibe out there is great um, on a personal level and I think they play really good soccer too. But uh, families in the Midwest, I think 
lot of people say that's why people stay in the Midwest because of of family. Um, and Minnesota Aurora has has felt like a good home. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun to think about. But um, this is where I am right now, and and my friends joke with me that I have a. I have a sentence that I've got to see out in Wisconsin um, because I actually still live in Wisconsin, even though I, I do work mostly in Minnesota now. I'm, I'm right on the border there, but the Midwest is a good place and it's full of really good people. Um, then again, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've ran into a lot of good people to help me out and help me be where I am today. So when you mention a short season, so you've talked about we're five games in, you've had really good success winning those five. How many more games are left? And like, when does the season end? Is there like a little conference tournament at the end? Like what's the next, like what's the next two, three months look like for you in Aurora? We have seven games in the next 30 days, something like that. Um, so it's, Fast and furious, for sure. We do about two games a, a week uh, between now and July 1st. Um, we have the top of the table, as it stands now, opponents left. Um, so we're in first right now, but we have second, third, and fourth place left. So it's going to be a good competitive end um, and a battle to win the division, for sure. Um, some really quality opponents coming up. And then if we're fortunate, playoffs would start July 6th and 9th would be the first round. The semifinal is July 16th and the final is July 23rd. So one month guaranteed and then you're trying to extend it another month if you can. What does coaching look like at the at your level when you're playing two games every week? That sounds like a lot, um, almost college-like. Um, how do you, how do you go to attack that? Like what's a week look like in terms of preparation and how do you keep, you talked about a player that maybe has put in a really good preseason, but gets a little tweak in a hamstring. How do we keep those to a minimum? Well, we're fortunate at Minnesota Aurora that we have a great partnership with Twin Cities Orthopedics. So we have a athletic trainer who is with us at all of our trainings and games. Um, she travels with us too. We have a team physician. We have a sports performance coach. So I'm very fortunate that I can let those experts be those experts. Um, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff because it keeps our athletes in um, top condition and really looking out for what's best for them on a daily basis. But making sure you get your session loads right is definitely a big piece of it. Um, so I look at our week this week. We played a game Sunday. We trained on Monday, trained on Tuesday, you know, Sunday, Monday was a pretty light recovery session. Monday was a light preparation day or Tuesday, sorry, was a light preparation day. And then we got another, had another game last night, Wednesday. Today's our off day. So hopefully people are just like mentally relaxing, taking care of their bodies, refueling. Um, then Friday, tomorrow, we'll pick it up a, a little bit. It can't be cranked up too high, though. Um, so we'll pick up the session load a little bit on Friday. Then Saturday, we'll have another very light preparation session. And then Sunday, we're playing another game. Um, so once you get into it, 
I personally don't feel that you can have too many like really get after it sessions because you have to keep in mind the overall health of the athlete. Um, we do have a deep roster so we can rotate players through and uh, rest people when we feel it's appropriate. Um, and I think we've been pretty good at doing that up until this point, but it's definitely um, play, recover, see what you've learned, try to tune things up a little bit, play again, see if um, see if the session that you did stuck and just keep fine tuning and tweaking. And so that's why I think like the personal relationships that you're building um, and the investment and the mindset that you're bringing in with these players is just so important because it's a lot in a short period of time and you have to, your players have to want that. So you're doing amazing things at Aurora. If we were to look forward, like what's, what's the grand like vision for Aurora in terms of like, is there a, a thought of maybe one day we're NWSL? Um, like what is kind of the, are we just kind of building and then see where things go? I'm sure they've got a kind of a, a, a brainstorm plan of here's where we'd like to get to. One of them, like you said, moving up in terms of the level that you're at now in terms of championship and et cetera. Um, but where does Minnesota look forward to? They have an MLS men's team. Is there a, a thought that, hey, we could be the future for the, the women's side? Definitely. Um, our group's been pretty open and honest. They submitted a, a bid to the NWSL after the last season. We obviously didn't get it, but that's okay, right? Now we've learned why we didn't get it. Um, so we definitely haven't been shy in saying that we want to be a professional team, whether that's USL Super League, NWSL. Um, you know, we're still keeping our doors and our options open. Um, we do need some more investors. So if you know any people out there that want to invest, now's your time. Hit up my email. Um, kidding, but kind of not. Um, but yeah, we want to be the best. Uh, we want to get to that next level. I, I know and I feel that we really can, um, whether that's in two years or five, like we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll do what's best for us and, and take those steps in that timeline. Um, but I know we have the market here to do it and, and the fan base, our fans are incredible. Um, and that's a really big piece of what we do and, and why we do it. Last thing I want to ask about is when I hear two, three, maybe five years, that sounds like a lot of patience. And you've had, you talked about earlier, high school success, college success, a lot of winning and what have you. What's it been like to kind of be building from kind of the foundation and kind of building up? And how has that been for you in terms of you've had so much success as a player um, you've had success as a coach at di different levels. What's it been like now kind of just building kind of from scratch and building it up um, to where you're at now? I like it. I really enjoy the process of building. Uh, when I was in lacrosse, I, myself and a, a group of people, we built a youth club um, together. Um, so I think that's, you know, I really, when I look back, I really enjoyed that process. Um, it's not too often you get to build things from the start and Aurora was building something that was brand new. Um, you know, when you look at the college game, college coaches take over programs all the time and they get to rebuild it. 
but if they don't like what was there before, they have to unbuild it. Um, so I was really fortunate and blessed that I didn't have to unbuild anything. I just had to find the right people um, to help me build it. And we certainly have so many right people and qualified people and great people at Minnesota Aurora that um, has made it easy to build a great foundation. And I say easy lightly because obviously it's been a lot of hard work, but um, when you like what you're doing and you like who you're working with, it definitely helps. This chat has been awesome, Nicole. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. This is Kieran with Coach's Corner Chats with Nicole Lukic, and I'm out. Peace. Thank you. You're welcome. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.